want to throw it to our reporter in Italy today, trying to get a story on Serie A, the exciting games upcoming this weekend, what's gone down in the league so far. Jones, how are things going? Unbelievable. Uh, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, sorry, the wind's a little, the wind's a little bluster here. The, 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 the scenes are gorgeous. The uh, cobblestone roads uh, are hard on my knees, I will say, but otherwise. Um, I got. I got to admit, people are really peaceful here. They're respecting my 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 space. Uh, gonna be honest, I haven't seen a person walking around uh, actually at all uh, since I've been here. And, and uh, it's a mozzarella. <laughs> uh, is that a townsperson? I think so. I should. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you going to the Juventus game later this weekend? Ciao. Go fuck. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota, the state with the most canoe rentals, at least as of 2016. We're going to be talking soccer, we're going to be talking fantasy EPL, going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games, we got a little something for you. We also just recently created our Instagram page, on which we're planning to feature a wide range of great content, so throw us a follow at Pod. On Instagram, that's footy, F-O-O-T-Y, fellas pod on Instagram. Jones, you got a fresh haircut and a new pair of shoes yesterday. Do you think that you are going to play noticeably better in the, in the near term future? Look, I firmly believe in if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you play good. Okay, 100%. I have some dope shoes with some flowers on them. And my haircut has me lean and mean. Um, the hamstring issue actually is going to keep me out, so I probably won't play this week. But coming off the injury on the bounce, I'll be electric and flying. Is there a chance the new getup could actually fix that hamstring injury? Uh, I already feel like uh, much uh, cooler and um, a little more flexible. So yeah, actually, you know what? Let's play today. Let's get out. It's dark out. Uh, Winter, you got lunch with your parents yesterday, I believe. The people want to know, what did you order? Yeah, so the rents and I went to a Chinese restaurant, local Chinese restaurant, where we, Maddie and I are going to have our rehearsal dinner. So it was more of a taste testing. Wow. So we got, we got the works. Got a whole bunch of stuff to try. That was lovely. Probably the favorite thing that we ate, the cream cheese wontons, baby. Can't go wrong. Cream cheese wontons. Sounds like a Trader Joe's item that we would have had on our list from last week. Oh, but way better. Way better. Way better. I, also, Jones, that... your shoes are top notch. Oh, love the shout out with Ice. That, Ice be dressed as well. When he compliments you, you know it's been a good day. Might have to throw a picture of the shoes on the at Footy Fellas Pod Instagram, F O O T Y F E L L A S Pod, P O D Instagram page, just for our followers to at check Instagram.com <laughs> forward slash. <laughs> I was curious. I was curious watching some of the games this weekend. If either of you have ever gotten a red card? Yes, I have. It was in a. a uh, I have. I've gotten very few cards in my life, but and that's how I remember this moment. Jackson, Mississippi tournament, um, like eighth grade or freshman year. We were playing this team in the final, and they were blowing us out. It was like four zero, and uh, they they were like they. I was playing like center back or something like something that I just did not need to, I think we were like missing guys, whatever. And, uh, their speedy guy just like flew right by me and I had had it. And I just straight up tripped him. Like I just hacked him right in the leg. Tactical foul. He was, he was gone. He was I mean, it was more like a prideful foul. Like it was like, do I give up the fifth goal or, you know, get myself out of this game? So I hit him, put him down, ref came over, gave me a red. I, there's nothing I can do. Sat on the sideline tournament ended next day. Me and the parents drove over to New Orleans and had a lovely, lovely end of the weekend. Wow, I can't believe, I can't believe, Jones, you've gotten a straight red card. That was straight? <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing flamboyant around it. Pretty straight. Wow. Wow. Fellas, 
or listeners, Jones is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So red card is pretty ridiculous to hear. Uh, no reds for me. No reds. Uh, a bunch of yellows for sure, but no reds. You gotta keep up your pod performance, otherwise you might get a red card of the episode. Ooh, I see. Wow. Gotta, yeah. gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. You know. Are you the ref, Eli? Uh, you could say. I mean, sh- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm wearing Max. Tell him what I'm wearing. Uh, he is decked out in what appears to be a zebra onesie, um, uh, and he's got flags. Like, you know, those little like uh, like flags for the NFL. He's got flags adhered to uh, all around, kind of like polka dots, but he can. They're velcroed on, so he can rip them off and throw them whenever he wants to call a foul. Wow, what a, um, a get-up. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. The annoying piece about it, because I don't mind the the look, is he sleeps with a whistle in his mouth. So it's just, whenever he's exhaling, it's just loud, loud whistle. Loud, loud whistle. It's loud. Yeah, headphone warning. Retroactive headphone warning. Sorry right. about that. Yeah. Is this a, it sounds like a Halloween get-up. Everyday Halloween for, for Eli, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's a joke to you, right? That's like a, that might be a yellow right there, calling what I'm wearing a Halloween getup. Oh, strike number one. Strike number but one. We'll post it. We'll post it on the IG as well at footyfellaspod.instagram.com backslash forward slash. Don't forget to check us out. HTTP. <laughs> yeah, Wait, at the H- beginning. HTTPS colon I think. Two, colon two slashes. Two slashes forward slashes. Not backward. If they're backwards, you'll end up in a wrong site. That's we're not. That is not us. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do, not, do not, not remind us of that site. Do not. Okay. If you do, I just I recommend you go on private before you look us up, <laughs> just to be sure. And with that, let's jump into our first segment. Jones is going to take us through some rankings for the week. Tell you how he's feeling about some stuff. Guys, I don't know about you, but I watch uh, a lot of shows. I mean, we're in the the premium, uh, the, the platinum age of, of television. And um, and what I get, what, what happens when I finish a show is I enter not only a show hole, I don't know what I want to watch next, um, but the, I enter like a platform uh, uh, zone where I don't know where I go to next to consume my media. Where's the next space to explore and see what's what's out there. So what I did for all of the listeners here is I ranked, if you are ever missing a show, you don't have anything to watch, you need to find something, I've ranked the best video-on-demand services that you should consult for any future um, uh, consumption. This sounds like a legitimately helpful ranking. I, I hope it helps people. I hope. But it is tinged with a little of my own biases, um, which I hope spurs debate and maybe people to, I don't know, potentially um, unfollow. So number five, we've got <laughs> number five, we've got Disney Plus. Look, I put it on here just to be kind, to be honest. I'm not a big Disney Plus guy. I get it. Disney's got a lot of emotional um, attachment and uh, some some lovely movies. But I mean, there's nothing on there that I can't just kind of find stream for free online on some dark web site. Um, so like if I wanted, if I was really in the mood to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which I don't think I'll be anytime soon, uh, yeah, I'll pass on that. So that's just me more so just kind of poo-pooing Disney plus. I actually, I have nothing really for it that I've ever been. I don't own it. I don't I'm not on it. So I have nothing. Number four, we've got Hulu. Hulu, um, is that for just because I don't really pay for like the premium version or whatever. Um, and the shows they have are solid. People talk about them. Uh, it's got, they've got some good FX stuff, actually. Uh, the big shout out to, to like um, uh, Atlanta. Um, but but it pales in comparison to this, these next three. Number three is Amazon Prime. Uh, wide selection of inventory. Um, usually has a, a like a good off movie that you you kind of heard about and want to see. Um, sometimes they have good movies that are actually up for Academy Awards. Some obscure films here and there. Um, uh, and they have shows like you know Jack Ryan, which really basic, but you know solid show. Scratch the itch. Uh, then we got HBO number two. Um, HBO just got what I would say is the best content. I really love all of their miniseries for the most part, um, and could go on and on about. Um, just, I mean, they have Band of Brothers. Like, that that started on HBO. It's Band of Brothers, guys. 
Um, and the number one is Netflix. And I don't think Netflix has like incredible stuff that is end all be all. But I do think if I was looking for something new, usually they've got so much new content coming out that there is a better chance that I'll find something I want to watch in that moment, be it a lighthearted comedy, dark drama, movie show, what have you. Uh, so that order again, one is Netflix, two HBO, three Amazon Prime, four Hulu, five Disney Plus. Yeah, I just want to chime in really quickly to just let the listeners know that Jones has four children. So to put Disney Plus uh, fifth and just never want to watch children's shows is really tells you how much of a parent he is. You know, for all those listening, he, he's a great parent, but doesn't let his kids watch Disney shows. So, uh, I mean, the good news is the good news is they go do family trivia. Game of Thrones questions comes up. He throws it to his youngest. Yeah. He throws it to his youngest, and they'll know, you know, who got so, killed off in the first season. What's the name of the dire wolf? Who? Gotta, I guess you got to start the dragon. Way. Yeah, you got to start him young. The, the, the other way I could have framed up this rank order, guys, is just like what, what services have I trained my children in? So I've got one who's mastered Netflix, one HBO, <laughs> another Amazon Prime, and the fourth is Hulu. If I had a fifth, yes, Winter, theoretically – he or she would be a Disney Plus consumer to help round out my trivia um, questions. But the only awkward piece is because you made those their names, I've heard you say, and it sounds weird when you go, do you want to watch Netflix, Netflix? Right. Yeah, I don't that... think naming them was a good long-term uh, choice, but uh, it really sparks a good conversation at the doctor's office. Hey, I heard you guys, you and the fam are going to make a run at uh, Geeks Who Drink at their big event. Uh, the big trivia event, you know, you can win 25 grand. So I wish you and your family the best. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. We'll be live streaming it on uh, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash 40 fellows pod.com backslash four slash the fourth dot IGTV dot IGTV. <laughs> you have to, you're gonna have to turn it vert- uh, horizontal if you want to watch it proper through the stream. But Netflix has really, I think where they set themselves apart from those other streaming options is they just have so much content where you can, you have the best shot of finding stuff, something. You have the best shot of finding something. So if you really don't know what you're in the mood for, HBO agreed has probably better quality content, but there's just so many options on Netflix and they do enough of a good job sorting it for you that one out of five things you see, you'll be interested in and there scratches the edge for the night. Dude, 100%. Yeah. I think I think I'd have to agree. I do want to put HBO as number one personally. I think uh, right, we've all said it. Quality really comes to quality versus quantity. Um, I mean, True Detective. Just watched The Outsider, which was fairly good. McMillions. If you guys haven't watched that McDonald's documentary on how the Monopoly game was a fraud, it's quality, man. They've just got it's interesting stuff and it's it's high quality. But We're Netflix. Actually, uh... We're, we're in the midst of watching McMillian, so I can confirm. Big fan. Yeah. Should we do a spoiler alert? Or no? Okay. If you're, maybe just turn the volume down if you're a listener. Turn the volume down for a sec. Go ahead. Spoil it for the Micey. What happens? Ronald McDonald was... And then... Wendy's employees. Dang, are you kidding me? He sold out his own company. Wow, I can't believe McDonald's had a game that wasn't functioning correctly because there was insider trading going on from the people making the game. That's wild. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they had the FBI. You know, they had the FBI involved. It was ridiculous. Great show. HBO quality content. You gotta watch. What's your top, what's your top HBO? show is it true detective is it mcmillions is it uh, something in the past do true detective season one will live with me forever um yeah you can't beat that i mean they have westworld too which is just nuts season one was nuts season two i was kind of confused a lot of the time but it means these shows that westworld it was it's a bizarre idea of a story but it really cool makes you think Definitely makes you think like our main topic will. Once we come back from an ad break, quick sponsor read, we're going to be talking about what wins titles. Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it something else? Take a second to think while we bring you our first sponsor of the night. 
Coming from Shark Tank, this is our third Shark Tank company. Ever wish you got the experience of a rowdy pub during the soccer match, but still had the comforts of your own home? Ever wish you could celebrate the game-winning goal without having everyone's beers spill on you while jumping for joy? Now you can. Opening up halfway between Chicago and Minneapolis comes the revolutionary sports bar Wonderworld. All you need is a VR headset and a $50 per game subscription to experience the future. When game time nears, put on your headset and log into your Wonderworld account and instantly be greeted by all your local buddies who are actually at the bar. To them, you are a monogram, sitting and enjoying the game with the group. The VR headset only relays your facial expressions and not your body position, so you can recline at home, but be up and at them with the soccer fanatics. Never be the lame friend who never comes out any longer. Wonderworld, come see what the hype is about. I love how they're perfectly equidistant between Minneapolis and Chicago. Like, what a convenient location for this bar. It's, you know, I think that's, where does that put you? I'm pretty sure you're kind of dead center Wisconsin. Yeah, is that Black Bear? River Falls? We're going to look it up just in case our viewers want the coordinates. It's It's a bustling city. I think 350 people in the city. It's a... It makes sense to put such a technology-focused bar in an, in a town of maybe 250, 300 people. It makes sense. I think the word's Wisconsin. gotten out. The word's gotten out for Shark Tank companies, specifically in tech. Now we've had a two weeks in a row, tech companies from Shark Tank uh, want to sponsor us and throw us ridiculous sums of money. What? How do you think we're getting these these types of companies on board? Uh, and Mark Cuban and I are good friends. So there it is. There it is, he folks. Spoiler alert. Yeah, just, just name drop. Yeah. Yep. He, partners, he partners with the uh, companies because he thinks they're great tech companies, and then he just sends them to us. So, you know, shout out Mark Cuban, great guy. Look, we're not going to say how much money we're getting from these companies, but let me tell you, we're, we're living, you know, the three of us are living life <laughs> from these. I've, I've been able to buy uh, an extra packet of uh, non per week. Uh, from Dang, dude, let's go! I just bought a brand new set of erasers for my pencils. Let's I just go. got my I just got my third boat. Thanks, Mark Cuban. What? Are we? Yeah, are we, what is he giving you? Whoa, wait! Are you talking about a boat for the bathtub, or what are you? Yeah, about? yeah, no, it's just like a uh, toy boat. It's just oh. a to- it's a toy boat. It's for the bathtub. Oh, okay, okay, good. I just don't want to feel like I'm getting cheated out of you know. No, no, no. Portion of the, no chance. Of the and that brings us to our main topic, <laughs> which is what wins Premier League titles? You know, we've had a lot of winners in the past few years, some repeat winners, Man City, Chelsea over the last 10 years, some surprise winners, Leicester, basically just Leicester, everyone else is heavyweights. I want to talk about what is the driving force behind these, uh, behind these Premier League title winning seasons and then get both of your thoughts. So the two main things, it usually comes down to offense or defense. Between these two, I think offense is more exciting, scoring a lot of goals, scoring the league has gone up quite quite recently, uh, quite a bit. And people see the offense, they expect the highlights, they love the highlights. But I think ultimately defense is a much larger part of teams that are consistently solid, especially in the Premier League where there are no playoffs. It's 38 games. And so how many of those games can you take points from? The more you can limit your opposition to scoring and do it consistently, that feels easier to me than consistently scoring goals where over time you get a tough game, you get an injury to one of your offensive players, especially now with some of the new VAR rules. I think VAR is heightening the impact of good defenses because you are uh, you are questioning all of those offsides calls that are close that are on the fence, and you're getting a lot more uh, retroactive offsides calls on goals that are actually finished and would have been goals three four years ago. So when it comes to offense defense, I think defense actually does play a much larger role. The two other pieces I want to touch on that I think are a little more interesting and dive a little deeper than just offense defense. First is depth. Again, especially in the Premier League, 38 games in addition to other competitions going on, especially for those top teams that are playing in either Europa League, Champions League, a bunch of the uh, local cups and local competitions. 
having depth, having guys off the bench, both youth, younger players that can come in and help, but also just veterans off the bench that you can rely on, that you can expect to uh, understand and be comfortable with the situations. It's huge. It's huge. Teams like Man City, Liverpool, uh, especially those two that have kind of set themselves apart the last few years, they have such tremendous depth on the bench. They can go into all these competitions and their bench players are better than basically every other player, every other team in the league's starting lineup. Um, so that's pretty that's pretty crucial. Even teams like Wolves, teams that are a little bit further down the table, they have enough depth to compete in a couple of the other competitions and that's helped them kind of stick around and stay right near the top this year and potentially claim a Champions League or Europa League spot heading into the last few weekends. So I think depth plays an underrated role in winning titles. Secondly, managerial decision-making. The good tacticians in soccer can really identify a new game plan for each opponent. And I think you can see that maybe not on TV, maybe not on, you know, in the formations that they're being presented before the game, but as the game goes on, when you see certain wingbacks pushing, pressing forward or certain midfielders dropping into a specific space on the field, a lot of that, I think, is the is the coaches, are the Klops and the Guardiolas of the world that are telling them before the game exactly what they should be looking for and how to counteract it and how to expose the other team's weaknesses. I think different from other sports like baseball, like basketball, yes, you can draw up plays. Yes, you can... Uh, you know, make certain decisions off the bench where you're bringing in guys out of the bullpen in baseball, or you're uh, drawing up a specific out, bound, out of bounds play at a, at a certain time. Those things are kind of obvious and they're very restricted to certain moments. But in soccer, it really expands over the whole course of the game where teams are making, making plays and making things happen and moving in a certain way that's really been directed from the training session that week. And I think all of us playing in soccer, you know, you're thinking about the upcoming opponent that week. You're thinking about how you're going to play against certain players, this big striker, this quick winger, how are you going to defend against them? And the coaches that can do that the, the most effectively, I think that contributes as well to winning titles. So between offense and defense, defense, I think plays a larger role outside of those. I think that both depth and managerial decision-making have some of the largest parts in winning titles. I would love to get both of your thoughts on both the offense-defense thing, any other factors you think comes into winning championships. It definitely feels like there's a, uh, a, a, a deeper matrix here. Um, you know, this isn't just a black and white conversation so much as dimensionalized by um, some of those other factors. Because, like, thinking through this, um, I wanted to gut-check a team like... Um, let me back up. You know, when you're talking about the heavyweights who are normally winning, you know, your top six clubs, um, you can say all of them for the most part do have a, uh, a good defense and they absolutely have a good offense. And so it's kind of a, right. What's what, um, uh, you can say that they both have expensive players at each end that works, you know, Lester seems to be that outlier for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, and one thing for me, when I think about Lester and that team, um, that back line really was pretty relatively average. Mm -hmm. And Schmeichel, I mean, you, I guess you could, he technically is right now. Lester's in the top six. You could say he's a top six goalie, but um, I th I'm trying to remember who that back line was, but um, I, I can only think of Wes Morgan. Otherwise, it, it really wasn't much of anything. And yes, you had N'Golo Conte, who is, in my opinion, the best defensive mid in the world. And yes, he was playing uh, on that team kind of unknown. Uh, with what Danny Drinkwater, but um, otherwise, like that offense is what what kind of brought them home. It was Mares, Player of the Year, and Vardy up up top. Um, you know, I think the thing that makes defense and offense a little different and helps dimensionalize the impact of those two is the strategy. To your point, you know, the coaching style behind them because they played. Um, they they knew they didn't have a great defense. They didn't know, they didn't have a great depth to them, so they just sat back and they took on pressure and then they countered and they punished. They punished teams with that countering. Um, so did Leicester win the title because they had a better offense or a better defense than other teams? I, I would argue they didn't necessarily. Not not against all of the teams in the league, um, but they clearly had a strategy that worked really well and catered to their, their style. Um, There's definitely a fluidity to soccer that 
changes the offense-defense question where other teams, either in football, where you literally have an offense and a defense that goes out there, it's a separate group of guys, or even basketball where it's one end of the court you're playing offense, the other end of the court you're playing defense. In soccer, because it's so much more fluid, agreed with you, the strategy could at certain points put your defenders further up the pitch. You could be counterattacking where the whole team's coming forward, but the whole team's also defending just as much. Um, so it is kind of a tougher, more interesting question in soccer. Yeah, absolutely. I think of, you know, I think of Atletico Madrid, and I think of the way Watford played against Liverpool. I mean, Watford very low on the table. Liverpool number one, having a breakout season, and it seemed like Liverpool would be undefeated. They're kind of the unstoppable team. Watford comes in with the, the game plan of all eleven men behind the ball at all times, force Liverpool to play on that back line back and forth like they do sometimes, don't give them anything, you know, when they slot it into the mids, compress, make them make a quick decision, they'll probably play it back to the defense, and you just restart all over again. And then what they did was they just hopped on the little mistake that pushed into offense. You really catch the back line off guard. I mean, we could argue that Liverpool's back four is the best in the world. Uh, Van Dyke, Van Dyke, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold is... I mean, we've seen he was exposed. I mean, let's be honest. I know Jones. You've been you've been calling it all year. He's he's not your favorite defender. You you you've said he's weak from the from the get go. Um, I think we really saw his weaknesses that game. Uh, just getting, just I mean, they took it to him. They sprinted. They were just attacking his side of the field all night, and he really didn't get anything going offensively. Which really, which really, in my mind, makes up for his kind of poor defensive. Um, skills so which yeah sorry oh yeah no that um and then i just wanted to introduce a new element to this discussion team chemistry i think i think it's super important i don't know i I felt like i did not watch much of that season but i felt like the leicester team that eventually won the title was i thought the, the chemistry seemed good you know i've only seen highlights i didn't watch any live games but Watching the chemistry seem good. They seem like a happy bunch. They seem to get along well. I think you're seeing that with the Liverpool team. Um, they all are friendly. Klopp is a great, you know, nice. I think he brings great energy to the team, always smiling for the most part. <laughs> um, uh, I think they have great energy. I think, I think, I think that's super important, the, the chemistry aspect. I know I felt like United struggle have been in the news for struggling a lot with that. I don't think they really had great chemistry, team chemistry in the beginning of the, of the year, but now, you know, beating Man City for the second time uh, in a season in over a decade. Um, that's huge. And I think, you know, Bruno Fernandez. I think you get these guys coming in who, who are really fun and the team kind of is, is rallying around. I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Lester is a great example. Ranieri, all the stories were about the team, you know, having pizza-making parties and having a great time off the field and him – having fun like wagers and team games and things like that going on to really have them connect off the field. Same thing with the Warriors more recently have won a couple titles in the NBA uh, and agreed other teams. Very rarely do you see a team that has not obviously strong chemistry, maybe the Lakers, maybe when you have two huge stars where yes, they get along, they respect each other, but the whole team isn't just hanging out off the court going bowling. But in general, you, you do usually see great team chemistry being paired with those title-winning teams. Yeah, I'd I, I like to point out the Milwaukee Bucks. They have a great time. Um, just a fun group of guys. Giannis is kind of a jokester, and he's their best player, and they all they feed off that energy, that kind of um, kind of happy-go-lucky energy, and they're top of the East. I, uh, I think this question in particular is obviously catered to um, uh, how do you win the Premier League, right? Uh, what do you need for that? Um, I think it's it becomes vastly uh, uh, shifted in one direction uh, when you're looking at how to love one direction, how to love one direction. Sorry, guys. keep going. Because uh, one direction, you have to defend your heart, or else you know uh, someone else will hop in. Um, I do think, though, legitimately, uh, if you are a team trying to stay in the Premier League, if you're in the relegation battle, you are likely in that battle because your defense has not performed well enough. Um, you look at teams who have managed to stay up. I mean, there's there's the famous uh, West Brom team um, that had the ugliest soccer <clears throat> through the 2000s um, and, and, and teens. 
Um, but they just sat back and they defended well, and that kept them up in, in the prem. Um, you look at Norwich now, and they've had some exciting games. I mean, you know, they've beaten some some top six teams, which for a team in their position is unheard of. But um, uh, in order to score those goals means you need to sacrifice bodies moving forward. And when you give that up in the back, if you don't have the quality, you don't have the organization, you're going to falter. Um, and so you need to decide when you're entering the Premier League, uh, do you have enough to uh, to be offensive? You know, on the flip side, you have a team like Crystal Palace, who over the past few years has been very offensive, having guys like Zaha or Benteke or Townsend up top, um, and really, uh, you know, some solid guys in the back. Ooh, they had Juan Basaka. Uh, that's a that's a good one. We're happy Andrew he left. Lack. We're really happy he left. Um, so they uh, they did the the entertaining sport. They attacked. They played, um, but it comes comes at a price and i think uh if you're in the premier league regardless you need to sound defense or else uh, it's it's not worthwhile let's head to our next ad ad break before we get into predicting big games of the upcoming week we're talking europa league we predicted champions league last week a week early because we were extra excited so check those out if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow or today by the time the the pod drops but going to be predicting europa league Going to be getting into our world-famous over-under game coming up soon. Have you ever been walking somewhere and thought, man, I wish this was quicker? Do you ever find yourself stuck in a long line at the airport and think, boy, this ain't fun? Is that child blankly staring at you on the bus giving you the heebie-jeebies? Well, what if I told you we have a solution for that? And what if I told you it was called the transporter? And what if it rearranged your molecules, synthesized them into a concentrated beam, <laughs> and directed your matter through a manufactured microscopic tear <laughs> through the space-time continuum, which ultimately resulted in you arriving at your destination? Wow. Would that be a product you might be interested in testing? We, the product development team at Amazon, <laughs> are always in search of the next best thing. <laughs> if you would be interested and happen to be <laughs> in a room with an Alexa device, unprompted, <laughs> simply just say yes and we'll record you as <laughs> Remember, we're getting paid for this. Come on. Come on, Joseph. We're getting paid sorry. for this. This is just, I can't believe what I'm reading. Simply just say yes, and we'll record you as legally signing yourself to be a test subject. <laughs> Don't have a device? Doesn't matter. We hear everything. Just say yes, wherever you are, right now, and you'll be enrolled today. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Wow, Jeff Bezos. Throwing us some dollars. That's pretty incredible. I'm pretty sure they were on Shark Tank at one point as well. What was the name? Amazon? Hey, Amazon, I, let me reread that. Yeah. A Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Big stuff coming from them. Seems like a pretty transformative product. Definitely uh, uh, ushering us into a new age, I would say. Uh, forward thinking. A little a little um, loose with their legal, um, I think, uh, restrictions. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, guys. I hate when that kid just... <laughs> stares at you <laughs> a little bit of drool comes down <laughs> I, I cannot wait to be a test subject for this look wow go why don't you go do it really quick we'll just hang out for a while just kind of talk about whatever and then you can come back and we'll be the first person to interview someone that's actually said yes i think okay yeah my Alexa's actually starting to talk to me what is that, Alexa? Uh -huh. You're getting kind of blurry. You sound kind of pixelated. You all right? Oh, God. Guys. Oh, my God. It happened. Holy shoot. <laughs> Guys, I went to Italy. I was with our reporter that was out there for a moment. I got wow. yelled at. I, I got yelled at by the same freaking Italian guy who yelled at him before. Wow. And oh, my God. So it worked. Oh, oh my God. My right leg and my right arm are in. Okay, let's let's cut it there. Let's cut it there. Let's cut it there. Um, we're gonna get into some of our 
Big predictions for this upcoming week, talking Europa League. I'm going to kick us off with Inter versus Getafe. Exciting matchup in the Europa League. Inter, one of the prohibitive favorites, being a heavyweight team, having a lot of success this year. Some big names coming on this year, like Lukaku, Sanchez, uh, some others performing pretty well. Getafe, kind of the underdog, has played especially well in the Europa League and in La Liga. I think they sit in fourth currently, which is surprising given they're not a powerhouse. They are one of the underdogs, like we kind of just talked about. I think I'm most interested in seeing if Getafe decides to play up to their defensive strengths. In their last 10 games, they've given up seven goals and all season long have been really strong defensively. I'm curious if they're going to park the bus and try and play that game against Inter or if they're just going to go head-to-head on Inter's strength, uh, which is you know attacking a bit more, playing a bit more direct, and kind of see how that plays out. So I could see it being a more defensive matchup, potentially 1-1 in the first fixture. Getafe sneaking one out at home in the second fixture. And the first game is going to be played in front of an empty stadium at uh, in Italy. So I could see, you know, tough to get yourself up for that, not as exciting. I'm guessing 1-1. First leg, 1-1. Second leg, we'll see what happens. See if Katafe can, can pull it out. I'm excited. Uh, <clears throat> backing a horse in this competition, that would be Man United. I, would, uh, I wouldn't mind not having to play Inter. Uh, I, there's enough drama being a United fan when it comes to playing uh, Mourinho or having Mourinho on your team. Um, or just the shtick that you get for being uh, the biggest club in the world. Um, and I don't want to deal with the storylines of, um, you know, Ole versus Lukaku or Sanchez versus, well, who gives a crap about Sanchez? So um, I, I prefer Hatafe. Also, you got to imagine Hatafe is a little bit more the underdog here. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the underdog. Absolutely. All right, I'll hop into my game of the week. So I am talking to you about Istanbul Basak Sehir versus FC Copenhagen. Now, I know absolutely nothing about these teams, which is exactly why I picked them. Uh, I think this game is going to be great. Uh, A couple fun facts. Istanbul will be facing Danish opposition for the first time in all European competitions. Istanbul have won just one of their 12 matches in European competition when facing a side from a particular nation for the first time. And Copenhagen haven't conceded more than a single goal in any of their last 15 away games in all European competitions. Okay, so a couple of those quick facts. Do not paint a great picture for Istanbul, but I'm here to tell you I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win big. I think they're going to win 3-0. So my research involved watching the first leg of Celtic versus FC Copenhagen. Uh, from the last round, which ended in a one-to-one draw. And then I watched Istanbul versus Sporting FC in the second leg, and they won 4-1. to And that 4-1 to game was amazing. They started down 3-1 to from the first leg, and were at home. They were able to win 3-1 to in regular time, and then go into overtime and score a last-minute penalty kick. The energy was nuts in the stadium, crowd going wild. And unlike Copenhagen, the video that I got to watch, uh, Celtic dominated them. Uh, I'm not really sure how Copenhagen uh, came back and won 3-1 to in Celtic Park Stadium uh, in that second leg of the match. So clearly both teams are gritty. They play hard until the very end. Um, last five games, Istanbul is 4-0-1. Copenhagen is 2-1-2. So I think the momentum's with Istanbul. They're playing in Istanbul, and they're going to win 3-0. It's actually going to be a really great game, uh, and whoever wins, it'll be historic for their team and their club so be very entertaining i love that i <clears throat> I, I i gotta say i like i really would have just picked copenhagen off, off the off the bat just from name recognition but uh this background now has me infinitely more interested um and now I'm, i want to see this Istanbul team uh make a push for the they, they for looked the fun rounds. they looked fun that 4-1 win against sporting fc it was a team effort you love the fans. You love the fans at some of these smaller clubs. Just getting this far in the Europa League is, you know, massive accomplishment and dream. Like, you know, everyone's got to get so excited for game day and just being there together going crazy when goals go in and all, and all that great stuff. Oh, yeah. 
so let's see. The last game we got on the agenda is uh, a nice fixture between Rangers and Leverkusen. Um, I would describe this as a battle between like a 60-foot carbon fiber sailboat um, and a sputtering tug-tug boat with a Scottish accent. Um, which is which? Uh, how would I describe the teams? And you tell me. Uh, Leverkusen was one of the few teams that automatically qualified for the knockout stages of Europa, um, and that's because they fell out of the Champions League, similarly to, to Inter Milan. Um, but their group had Atletico and Juve, both teams that are you know destined for these final rounds in the Champions League. So unfortunately, um, they couldn't push it past them. But um, I think that they have demonstrated their own strength in a very competitive um, German league where um, past nine games have gone undefeated with a win against Dortmund, a team also faring pretty well in the Champions League, and then a tie versus Leipzig, another team likely to pass through to the next round. Um, Rangers, conversely, coached by Stevie G, uh, are a team that have punched their way through a hectic qualification process just to get into Europa. So they're already a little exhausted, similarly to like a Wolves, um, and survived a top, uh, a tough group which comprised of Porto, Young Boys, and Feyenoord. Uh, young Boys, the team, despite their <laughs> despite their comparable success rate against Porto, who uh, Leverkusen had beaten the past round of Europa. Um, they've been anything but consistent dom- d- domestically. Uh, Rangers uh, have lost, I think, four out of the last uh, 10 games um, and don't seem to have a real identity other than being a team punching up and above their weight. Um, I think if you're watching this game, you're there to watch Kai Havertz or Bellarabi or Leon Bailey play for Leverkusen. Or if you're like me, uh, you just want to watch a Liverpool person suffer. Um, so hopefully Rangers uh, actually lose. Um, I don't think Rangers really stand much of a chance, and I'm going to give them the 2-0 win to Bayern away at the Ebrox. Good pick. It's an exciting one as well. I, know, I think Rangers probably is the most recognition from a lot of people, potentially one of the bigger cl- clubs in Scotland, but Leverkusen this year, especially, as you said, with Havertz, a lot of young studs has been pretty damn good. We'll see what happens. Any Aside from Europa League, now that we've made our three predictions, any hot takes that are just on the, on the tip of tips of our tongues that need to come out? Ooh, I may have to just sneak in there. Um, I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised with Chelsea's performance this weekend against Everton, winning 4-0. It was the only game I got to watch this weekend, and it was a beauty. Uh, they were crisp. They were quick. Ball never stopped moving. Off-ball movement was great. They completely dominated a a fairly hot Everton side. Um, I think that they are going to continue and capitalize against Villa. They're going to keep this momentum going. um, And I predict they win 3-0 against Aston Villa this weekend. Uh, Fantasy purposes, um, taking a look at Pedro, who had a great game. Barkley, Willian, all scored over 12 fantasy points. Can't forget about Mount, who scored his first goal in a few months. So uh, definitely a good good looking fixture for fantasy purposes. They got some good cheap options like Pedro and William that have stuck around for a while. Not dirt cheap, but you know middle of the pack. But especially against playing against a team like Aston Villa, you'd expect some goals. I think Lester just racked up a four 0 win today against Aston Villa. Um, so it wouldn't oh, be surprised. Wow. That came out four zero. Came out four zero. Wow. Vardy, Vardy with two. Anyone listening that had Vardy on their team should be. Pleasantly surprised. In case wow. they forgot there, there was a game happening today, as I did. Dang. Gave him up a while ago. Sad. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Jones, any hot takes? Um, I mean, after watching that United-City uh, game, um, uh, I have to say, I think that in the next... Uh, depends on who we bring in this, this summer, but... Regardless, if this team stays as it is, which it won't, but if the team stays as it is for the next five years, I think you could put it down that Juan Bissaka will be deemed United's best player. He is unbelievable. He locks down an entire side of the field, no matter who he's playing. Um, This time it was Raheem Sterling. And Raheem, if you're looking at transfer market, if you're looking at anyone's value, he's top 10 in the world. He's, He's stud premium, best of the best, one of the wingers out there. 
um, and did absolutely couldn't do a thing by Juan Basaka. And it didn't matter if it was him or Jesus or, or even Mares coming up to his side. He locks it down. His biggest critique, right, is going forward. You know, can he be offensive? And what has me excited and optimistic is if you watch the entirety of the City game, uh, especially in the first half, Juan Basaka was the one who was driving into the box on the right side. He was the one who spurred some of these counterattacks that led to the dangerous um, opportunities. Um, I believe uh, that he has been so consistent and so consistently good. The fact that he's only 21, I have to believe that this guy really is is going to cement himself as the right back, not only in England, uh, but in the world. Dare I say, best man you back ever? Ooh. Whoa. Evra, Evra, I mean, Evra, Neville... Rio, uh, Vidic, it's, it's, it's high, it's high praise, but I'll tell you what, that's the standard we have here at United. So hopefully he can uh, match it, if not best it. That's beautiful. Man, you's future is looking bright, especially at right back with one Masaka. Maybe only at right back. Well, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. We're going to head into our last ad read before we get to everyone's favorite game over under. Be right back. I want to take 45 seconds to speak about up-and-coming sock brand Holy Soli. Too often we find that our socks get rips in them during the wear and tear of everyday life. Guess it's time to throw them out and just buy some more, huh? When you think about it like that, what a waste. Holy Soli is solving for this issue by creating fashion and environmentally friendly pre-hold socks that provide holes in the soles of your feet. Why not get the right holes in your socks where and when you want them? Subtle yet powerful, when you remove your shoes after a long day, amaze your friends and coworkers with socks personalized for you. Let's hear from one of our many customers. When I received my holy solely socks in the mail, I couldn't have been more excited. I wore them to, to surprise my wife, and when she noticed them, she said, Wow, honey, what an intriguing purchase. Those fit you perfectly. We think that says enough. Stop being sad about your socks wearing out over time. Get them how you want them now. Wow, thanks, Holy Soli. First official sock sponsor for us as footy fellas. Holy Soli, for dads everywhere. For dads and kids. And kids, remember, target demo under five. So true. let's not pigeonhole our, our sponsors throwing us a ton of money here. <laughs> true, true. You're right, you're right. Uh... Do you, uh, do you prefer, I mean, it begs the question, guys, do you guys prefer holes in your socks? Uh, I know I like usually about one, uh, and that's where I can insert my foot into, but otherwise... Uh, but it's in the hole of your soul, just to be clear to our viewers. That's oh, where you prefer the hole. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. If not the pinky toe, but that's just a, I've got a weird thing. Good news is you can personalize your socks with Holy Soli, so you could get that hole in the pinky toe if that's what you're into. Oh. We don't I tell people, but if that's what you're into, get the hole near the pinky toe. What? So you're saying I could get a sock revealing my whole big toe and they'll do it for me? They would do that for you. Often I'll, I'll double check with our reps, but I'm pretty sure they'd do it for you. Mind blown. Wow. We actually uh, we had an incident with one of our Holy Soli members here earlier, and that's why the ambulance is on its way. So we'll, uh, we'll just kind of leave it there. But it's a great product. Promise. Great product. It'll send you to the hospital. It's so good. Ooh, that customer's fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to over-under. We're going to try a new format for this section of the pod. I'm going to rapid-fire three over-under opportunities, and either Max or Eli are going to respond very quickly with either overrated, underrated, or simply rated. And then the other pod member, whether it be Max or Eli, not answering the questions, will we will discuss and we will force this person to have to explain in 30 seconds why they chose the answer they did does it make sense max eli yeah makes sense all right eli you're first so the topic is feel good sensations number one q-tipping your ears underrated uh, overrated rated overrated overrated Peeing after having the need to pee for a long time. Underrated. Taking your bra off at the end of a long day. I think it's rated just right. All right, Jones. What do we want to have him explain a little bit more? 
I would love for Eli to explain to me why taking my bra off at the end of a long, hard day is just, quote-unquote, rated. I would have to agree. All right, Eli, there are 30 seconds on the clock. You go now. Explain. You know, I think it gets talked about a lot. I think it's just it comes up in conversation a lot. I think everyone appreciates how incredible it feels. I'm not discounting how good it feels. I'm just saying that's how people already see it. That's how people talk about it. So I think, yes, it might be the best feeling in the world, but that's already what people say. So how can you get better than the best feeling in the world? That's my take. All right, we're going to have a bunch of angry comments after this pod. So thanks, Eli. Thanks for that. Yeah, really stirring up the crowd, dude. That was pretty insensitive. Wow. Oh, man. All right, Max, your turn. Number one, first sip of beer on a Friday. Underrated. Getting an A on a paper you should not have. Underrated. When your eyebrows on fleet. Rated. All right, Eli, where do we want to have him explain? I want to hear Max's take on that first sip of beer on a Friday, considering I know he doesn't drink beer. Ooh, Jones, what do you have to say for yourself? 30 seconds. Well, uh, I think I have to explain first that it's a moral decision. I think beer is uh, uh, of the devil, and, um, and that's why no one should ever have to drink it. Um, but that said, um, I do I appreciate alcohol on a Friday. Um, and think it is completely underrated that you can never um, uh, heighten the importance of getting that first rush after a long slogging week. Um, It's almost up there with taking my bra off after a long day, but but this one, it's just insurmountable. Um, It will always be the best feeling um, when you hit that Friday beer. Friday beers. Love it. All right. That, I'm going to I'm gonna have to bleep that out really quick because they're not paying us. I'll just bleep that part out, though. That's yeah, fine. No, that's competitive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do we get to throw one back at you, Winter? Or Game Master doesn't work like that? Look, I'm running I'm running this section, so uh, my rules. Uh, no, only you guys get to go today. And that is underrated, folks. <laughs> 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 Don't worry, I just added in a sweet badoom. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Excited. Thanks again, as always, for listening in to Footy Fellas at Footy Fellas Pod on Instagram. In case you missed it during the episode, because you skipped to the end, because you were so excited to get over, get done with us. Uh, Super excited to have you, though. We love you, regardless of how you feel about us. We'll be back next week with another episode and some exciting content throughout the week on Instagram. So stay tuned. You. You. Have you gotten any good interviews so far? Uh, well, let's see. I got heavily interviewed um, by uh, <laughs> by customs. <laughs>